Wow, I can still kind of hear children making noise outside. Murder them. That's your solution for everything. Welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies we loved in our youth and try to see if they're still any good. I'm Nick. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. And I'm Ash. And I have a very important question for Brett, because I think this is all on you, Brett. Out of 24 James Bond movies, why Goldfinger? Why this specific movie? Because it's got the best theme song. Okay. Goldfinger. Is that saxophone? That was a cat. It's also like one of the better ones. I mean, it's a good movie. It's got the best bond. Brett secretly just wants yeah. to see the naked lady painted gold. Okay. Isn't that this movie? Yes. Okay. I, I would assume. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's so, in the title. I, I guess I might as well come out pretty quick here and say, I really dislike james bond i couldn't believe that you agreed to watch this movie yeah i was I, kind of shocked well at first i th- i saw the text and i thought eh, i'm just gonna tell him i don't like james bond but then i thought you know what no let's do it <laughs> I, I, I think that could be an interesting exercise what is and, it about the bond that you hate and, and uh, I, that's a very good question i'm not gonna say that i'm going to hate this movie that that is not my claim i but you probably are. It's possible. <laughs> I, I've, I feel like I've seen a bunch of James Bond in my youth, and noth- I haven't seen much having grown up, you know? But, but my blurry memories are, wow, that's like 20 of the same movie over and over and over again. And it kind of bummed me out. You know, I'd try to watch more and more, and it was always the same movie. Um, and I really like. I mean, liked... couldn't you say that of the Marvel films? Oh, it's certainly not. I no, well, not at that's all. That's how it feels like to me. It's the same movie. And, yeah, I mean that's fair if that's not your thing. But they, they've made a specific effort to give them different style and different. You know, sometimes it's a heist movie. Sometimes it's a political thriller. Like they're doing different things. Sometimes the bad guy just has asthma and sits and plays cards all day. <laughs> Which one is that? I'm trying to place. Oh, and oh, I thought we were talking eyes. about Marvel movies, so I was really confused. Uh, no, I just I just got stopped thinking about all the Bond movies when mm-hmm. Nick was saying they're all the same, and I was like, yeah, except there's that one where like he's trying to intimidate Bond, and he's like, well, Mister Bond, <laughs> <laughs> like Darth Vader. There's also, uh, was it Moonraker, where it's like a total sci-fi, yeah. and they go to the moon? That one's completely different and batshit crazy. It's hella bonkers, but that one gives us uh, Jaws. Okay, is what? that where he's from? Yeah. Oh. So, I've had an interesting afternoon reading through like the saga of the production of the James Bond movies, which is actually kind of fascinating. Um you know, clearly these are a series of books written by Ian Fleming, and it kind of starts with somebody optioned the book Casino Royale and bought the rights for that to make a TV movie. And then later, 
Albert Broccoli, who's like the the big producer of all these 20-something James Bond movies, he bought the rights to every other James Bond book except for Casino Royale and except for Thunderball because somebody else had also bought the rights to Thunderball. And my dudes, shit gets weird. Um, because now you've got this long epic history of like, they're just churning out these James Bond movies, except there's this other dude who has the rights to Thunderball and he makes a movie based on Thunderball with Sean Connery after Sean Connery stopped being James Bond, (laughs) after they switched to George Lazenby, they convinced James, they convinced Sean Connery to do Thunderball. No, no, no. He is the same person. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And so then they go on and they start making movies with Roger Moore. Ten, well, ten or more years later, they make another version of Thunderball. And it's called Never Say Never Again. Because oh, this yeah. guy still has the rights to that one book. And he's going to exploit the shit out of that one book as much as he can. <laughs> so Never Say Never Again is Thunderball again. With Sean Connery, they convinced him to do it again, and he's 51 years old, and they do the same thing. And now I'm like, okay, now I kind of want to see some of these movies. And and Ash, what you were talking about, I kind of saw in there where, you know, every time, like, all right, what book are we going to do next? We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And at some point, they decided we're going to do this book. Then Star Wars came out, and they said, oh, shit, no, we're doing Moonraker next. Yeah. And they totally flew on Star Wars you know, coattails and did crazy sci-fi shit. Mm-hmm. There's also one, I can't re- I think it was Octopussy, that's like sci-fi underwater shit okay. as well. Uh, yeah, so there there were a few like sci-fi ones for sure that are just like out of left field. Yeah, I got the impression that they kind of ramped up on crazy sci-fi and gadget shit, but then when... Um, not Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan. When Pierce Brosnan started, they they decided to get a little more grounded. And then when Daniel Craig came along, they did like a very significant reboot. And like, we're going to make these very realistic. Mm-hmm. Interesting but I think that you would think that Brosnan is super grounded. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know that I agree with that. No, but okay. not true. Goldfinger. Not Gold, uh, Gold Eye was a fucking wacky movie. Is yeah. there crazy sci-fi shit in there? It's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Is that the one? What's the one where they like melt the ice hotel? That's just so ridiculous. Yeah. Inception? No. No. Uh, The ice hotel. The one that everyone forgets because that was also like the worst Bond movie. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan is the worst fucking Bond. I'm going to put that out there. Interesting. He's awful. So bad. Yeah, he was like the first Bond I saw, and I was just like, oh, yeah. And then, like, every time I see another Bond, I'm like, that's better. Yes, so much better. (laughs) That's weird that he was your first. Like, it seems like for everybody, Sean Connery is the first. Yeah, no, I saw GoldenEye before I saw any of the other Bond movies. Who was the one that did did the movie with Halle Berry? That That was Chris Brosnan. Yeah. 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 Okay. The worst Bond. The worst Bond. (laughs) What about George Lazenby? Who that? Which one the was one? he even in? Second worst. He was, um, I've got it here, Majesty's Secret Service. That was right after Sean Connery quit, and he did just the one. Oh, he but, just did one. Oh. But then so Sean Connery ever... came back after him. <laughs> Is he the one that runs weird? 
What? I don't know. One of the bonds runs really weird, and he's like kind of. Are you thinking of OSS one seventeen? Because that doesn't count. Oh my god, I love OSS OSS one seventeen. Is the best James Bond movie. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. So is Archer. I mean, Archer is basically just making fun of James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a a a subgenre, you know, James Bond and the stuff it inspired, and yeah. I mean, yeah, Austin but they're Powers like very clearly making fun of James Bond and Archer. Yeah, like they have the scientist that's making him gadgets, and like you yeah. know, it's it's very clearly making fun of James Bond. Yeah. So, Ash, do you like James Bond? Yeah, I I actually really like James Bond movies. My dad was a big fan, and he. I remember he had like all of the VHSs of all the movies. And so I would, I just would, I watched them in order, I think. Um, So started with Sean Connery and he was always my favorite. And uh, Goldeneye is actually one of my favorites. Goldeneye and Dr. No are my two favorite James Bond Now you said Goldeneye. Do you mean Goldfinger? I'm sorry. I meant Goldfinger, not Goldeneye. God. (laughs) No, he's in my brain. I wanted to give you that chance. Uh um no yeah Goldfinger and Doctor No I don't know if you if anybody's seen Doctor No but it's so great because there's this guy with this hat and he just like yes he he, he, he like throws takes, the hat yeah he's got like a bowler and he throws the hat and the hat fucking like cuts a statue in half or something it's uh, just like so ridiculous wait don't think that's Doctor No that's not this Doctor No oh really what's the one with the guy what's with the, the hat with, with Odd Job that's not I don't think that is that Doctor No. I'm pretty sure that's Doctor No. Is there See, like a different thing. version? I can't separate them in my mind in any way, shape, or form. If you told me that was Spectre, I would fucking believe you. Like they're, they're, he no, he's in this one. He was got he's odd jobs in this movie. Oh okay. And well, they're both my favorite. So <laughs> hat thrower, James Bond hat thrower. Yeah, he's Goldfinger. Okay. Right. So we're going to see a guy throw a hat, you guys. Is, yeah. Is Dr. No the one where he's like, uh, my James secret Bond's volcano like, lair? Yeah. And, and James Bond's like, what do you expect me to do? And he's like, I expect you to die, Mr. Bond. Yeah. Is that Dr. No? That was, that yeah, that's that. Dr. No. Yeah. Okay. So, the, so the hat guy's in Goldfinger. Awesome. Cause he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Brett, you're clearly on board with this. Yeah, I like James I mean, this Bond movies. Was, am I right? This was your idea, or was this your idea? Yeah, yeah, I pitched this one. Okay. Uh, and I think my thought about it is, if you've ever watched Friends or Seinfeld or <laughs> late night okay. programming Where and enjoyed it. Where are you going it, with this? Uh, then, then you should enjoy the James Bonds, because... because all of those other things are just the same episode repeated again and again. That okay. is not true. Um, yeah, oh, it so is. And th- the bonds are exactly that. And I love one bond. Therefore, I love all the bonds. <laughs> you, you and I kind of, we, we almost agree here. Like, I would bet that it's very likely I will enjoy this movie. If I were to sit down and re- want to watch a series of movies, I bet I would hate it. For the reason that you like it, it's it's like, okay, I get the point. Do we have to go through this again? <laughs> but I could see liking one individual one. I think it's a case of, like, uh, the, the Lord of the Rings, for example. Uh, some people will sit down and watch all of them. 
Uh, but it's hard to do because I don't, yeah. don't want to watch all of that same content all in a row. Or like, I did it once in a day. Uh, <laughs> Bad idea. We did that thing in in uh, San Jose where we saw one a day for three days with the with the orchestra. With the live oh, yeah. orchestra, uh, it was fucking that was magical. Dope. But like <laughs> the, but I wouldn't want to watch. Magic. I wouldn't want to watch all those movies all in a row, you know? See, th- it was forced upon me on a bus ride <laughs> in high school for band. We were going somewhere and they're like, we're sitting down and watching the extended cut of all of the fucking Lord of the Rings movies. 27 and I hours. Couldn't, I couldn't watch it for years afterwards. I was so done with it. Yeah. Ugh. Now, interesting connection here. I got in all my James Bond research. They really wanted Sean Connery to be Gandalf. What? What? And he was like, what? I do not understand this script. <laughs> yep. Shut the fuck up, Frodo. <laughs> that would not have been uh, a good I'm idea. I'm not a conjurer of cheap tricks. Sam Neill was also considered for um, for a character in Lord of the Rings. That and, makes more and sense. On it. Was it the, the elf Hugo Weaving's character? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would buy that, yeah. Because he was in that Merlin TV special with Helena Bonham oh, Carter. yeah. And he was pretty yeah. convincing. He passed on it to do Jurassic Park 3 instead. Whoops. I mean, Samuel was <laughs> one of the better actors out there. Like, he's... It a was master like, of accents. He could looking do any at the, accent. The huge success of Jurassic Park 2 and was just like, yeah. That's me. <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, I'm sure it had to do with the amount of money offered. Yeah. And I'm sure Jurassic Park 2 made a boatload of money, despite being a not great movie. I mean, Jurassic Wor- or World 2 just made a boatload of money, despite not being a good movie, too. <laughs> yeah. so. I mean, look at the Transformers movies. They just oh, keep God. like bringing in truckloads of money. Speaking of Transformers movies, I'm kind of into this Bumblebee movie. Oh. Am I insane? <laughs> yes. Like it that looks terrible. It looks like it might be okay, and I hate well, the Transformers movies. Well, Travis Knight, we'll see. We'll it, see how he does. Yeah, is this is this the Transformers movie we get uh, in exchange for the demise of Leica? We do. Yeah. So. Oh. Uh, so there's stakes. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know if it's if the success of this movie will be good for stop motion or bad for stop motion. There's stop motion in it? Uh, no. No. Does, does Travis thing. Knight is the owner of Leica who okay. does all of the stop motion movies. He left Leica to make the Bumblebee movie okay. and because he left Leica, they are kind of on hiatus at the studio. Uh, he basically shut it down yeah. to make this movie. He said instead. no animating without me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go make a movie. A rich kid. Nobody in here animate. Yeah. He huh. can do whatever the fuck he wants, basically. But it gives me optimism for the Bumblebee movie. It may be a big yeah. bumper that, you know, it's hurting everybody else's job. But yeah, Nick I doesn't care as long as he gets a good movie. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen anything about the Bumblebee movie. Well, if if you're, I actually did see the trailer. I know I don't watch trailers, but I thought it's Transformers movie. I'm going to hate it anyway. And I watched the trailer, and I thought, okay, somebody's trying to make Iron Giant here. Like it looks. Wait, okay. you watched the trailer? Because he doesn't. Trailer. He doesn't care. 
You know, I'm curious how many movies you would feel differently about if you watched the trailer for them now. Oh, I I completely agree with you. Like, I am missing out on stuff, and it's the price I pay because I've had movies just completely ruined by trailers. Yeah. But there's, there's stuff I will never know about because I don't see the trailers. I feel like some movies, it's just like the trailer is potentially all you need to see. Uh, but like it was worth it (laughs) are you suggesting that will be bumblebee uh no like okay watching the movie is a step too far my statement doesn't quite hold for this because i actually really want to see the movie but the the trailer for the mr rogers movie Mm. uh have you seen have you seen it no, because I I'm, I care about that. I okay, see yeah, I've never like teared up at a trailer before. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That mo- that was just like, oh my god, this is I need to see this movie. So, okay. anyway, is it when he like took off his sweater and you saw all his like cool tattoos? You just started tearing up. It, yeah, he took off his sweater and he's just ripped. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was. You know that, right? He like literally. The reason why he wore a sweater was because he had full tattoos all over his he body. He was too intimidating. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, he was like a. He was ex-military of some kind. I can't remember. He was like a fucking like sniper or something crazy. Yeah, something. And like the whole reason why he had to wear long sleeve sweaters was because he had like tattoos. Wow. Unless that's like just an urban legend that I'm perpetuating. <laughs> Unless this is bullshit. I don't think it's an urban legend. There's a Snopes. I want to just tell me yes oh. or no, Snopes. False. False. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait. No. This is. Did I'm not saying this whole thing. I'm seeing stuff that it's true. It says false to Mr. Rogers had a violent criminal past. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah. No. Who's spreading that rumor? It depends which side of the war you're on. It's only a war crime if you're the losing side. Wow. So, Sam, what do you expect? You're the X Factor here. Okay, so I've never seen this. Um, You've seen James Bond movies? uh, I've seen the newer ones, and then Brett and I watched Dr. No for the first time last weekend. What Uh, are the new ones? Do you mean Daniel Craig or the Craigs? Okay. Craig yeah, and What's his name? Awful Bond was new as well. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan felt to me like a new era, and then Daniel Craig felt like a completely new era. Yeah, and I've seen the Daniel Craig ones, and maybe one of the Pierce ones. Okay. Yeah, Daniel Craig has the it's the uh, post Nolan Bond. Yes. Yeah. So. Anyway, from from what I saw in Dr. No, I love the production design. Okay. But a lot of things are a little but. uncouth nowadays. Like, mm. like I'm worried he's going to be a little rapey. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that's pretty much a given. There was yeah. a whole sequence in Dr. No where it was just like, this is definitely, like... Not okay. Not okay. Yeah. Consent is not a thing in the 60s. I don't know about rapey, but definitely, like, you know, sexist towards women for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping in my in my heart that Dr. No was a weird fluke and that it doesn't continue to be rapey. <laughs> All right. So let's watch it and see what happens with that. <laughs> 
No, I, I, I don't think you're going to get your wish. All right. Well, at least there will be some cool production design, I hope. Yeah. And fashion. All right. So this is Goldfinger, 1964, uh, directed by Guy Hamilton, who directed four James Bond movies. Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever, Live and Let Die, and The Man with the Golden Gun, if those mean anything to you. Um, Sean Connery is our big star. Uh, Ursula Andress is going to be sexually assaulted. And uh, <laughs> oh, Hawaii Five O fans will recognize Jack Lord. Um, but, you know, come on, guys. This is the 60s. This is not a lot of people that we are going to recognize. Um, yeah. It's yeah. A- the director's name was Guy. I've always wondered, yeah. can, can you imagine, like, having a kid and, and they like, hey, Guy? guy yeah. <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday, Guy. Yeah. You know that's a very popular name in France. Well, that's why France is weird. <laughs> that's the reason? That one reason. That one reason. Yeah. I looked it up, by the way. Mr. Rogers did not have tattoos, and he wasn't in the military. So it is an urban (laughs) legend. So many rumors. (gasps) Wow. I like the idea that he was though, and that he had like this this change of heart one day. (laughs) You know, I just watched that IT Crowd episode where Moss is doing the he was arrested and he's doing the scared straight thing, and he's telling kids to watch out for the the dangerous life. Oh yeah, that's the tough guy, Mister Rogers, that I have in mind that you're describing now. (laughs) You want to know how I got here? Yeah. All right. So you guys want to watch this thing and see how it goes? Yes. Okay. All right. So we're going to watch Goldfinger from 1964, and uh, then we'll jump back on the mic and see how we feel about it. Hey, before we get to the second half of the podcast, we want to jump in here because we have kind of a special announcement that we wanted to let you know about. Are you going to be at San Diego Comic-Con this year? Because we are going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. And we've decided to record one of our podcast episodes around Comic-Con. Now, first, let's talk about the movie. We never really announce our movies in advance, but this time we have something very important to talk about. First of all, we are going to talk about a movie that is very near and dear to my heart, which you've heard us talk about a little bit every now and then. We're going to watch the original Superman film from 1978, the original Richard Donner movie. And you all know I have a lot to say about that. And you would know that Comic-Con is the perfect place to talk about this. And those of you who follow comic books will know the exciting news over the past year that Brian Michael Bendis has left Marvel, has moved over to DC, and is taking over, I believe, three different Superman books. He's writing Man of Steel, Action Comics, and Superman. So this is going to be a big thing. We think a lot of people are going to be talking about Bendis, talking about the new Superman, the new DC reboot. This is an exciting thing at Comic-Con, and what better time to talk about one of my favorite movies, Superman. So we're going to read a few issues of Man of Steel, at least I am. Maybe the rest of the team will read some. We're going to watch the Richard Donner 1978 Superman film, and then we're going to do a podcast around it. And we see this as an opportunity to meet some of you at Comic-Con. If you are going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, we are going to be recording part of our podcast there, and we'd love to have you come out and meet us. So, Ash, where are we going to be and on what day? 
Yeah, so on Saturday, the 21st, we are going to do a fan meetup at 5.30 p.m., and we are going to meet in between the convention center and the Hilton of San Diego Bayfront, right there on the waterfront. There's like that water walkway that goes behind the convention center and whatnot. We're going to meet right in between those on the waterfront, and so if you want to be on the podcast and give us your thoughts on the movie, meet us there at 5.30 p.m., Saturday the 21st, and we will record a snippet of you chatting about how you feel about the original Superman. Or your opinions on these new comic book reboots or any other exciting Superman stuff you've seen around Comic-Con. If if you don't know what we look like, then I at least will be wearing my blue Superman Comic-Con t-shirt from, I don't know, four or five years ago. So it's a blue t-shirt with Superman on it, and we'll probably have a little bit of recording equipment out there. Yeah, um, I'm so sure yeah, it will cool look you... very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be sitting there talking about Superman, and if, if people want to come by and join us, that that would be great. And of course, not all of you are going to be able to make it to San Diego Comic-Con, and we would like to invite people to kind of contribute their voices to the show. So if you watch Superman, if you've read some of Bendis' new Superman books, if you have something to say, tweet it at us, and we may include it in the show. And if you want to record a little bit of audio, you know, feel free to record something and email it to us. Keep it real short because we can't put everybody's, uh, you know, really lengthy stuff in there. Try to keep it 30 seconds under a minute and maybe we can add it to the show. Ash, where should people send those recordings? You can send those to letsrewatch at gmail.com and maybe in the subject line put Superman. All right. So we're excited to go to Comic-Con. We're excited to talk about Superman and see everything else that's going to pop up at Comic-Con. And we hope to see you guys there. Now let's get back to Goldfinger. Goldfinger. It's like with with an A, though. Like, finger. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. So gross. Gold finger. What are the lyrics after? <laughs> he loves only God. Yeah, Nick, how do you always oh, nail this? So I have, I think, the same question that I had for Con Air, which is, what genre is this movie? Well, that depends, because I feel like the spy action movie is a genre all its own then it was terrible <laughs> if it was a comedy okay. a la austin powers then it was great uh-huh yeah yeah with names like pussy galore you really have to ask yourself and and i where where is the line i did see in all my reading that guy hamilton wanted to m- make this more funny than james bond had been before so maybe we can take that you know mm. maybe that was intentional but man, like I don't know, because the pussy galore name, like that's not anything new to the James Bond series. Like there's women with ridiculous fucking names throughout the series. Yeah. Oh, which? Well, which, how early is this though? This, uh, this is, is got to be later sixties. Yeah, this was the third. And, and the one this, I want to take the opportunity to, to to say to anybody who might have noticed, Ursula Andress and Jack Lord, who I mentioned in the beginning are in Dr. No, not this movie. I was looking at the wrong list. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, Dr. But, No's before 
or no, after this one. No, right? Dr. No was the or first before. one. Okay, and it right. supports what you were saying, Ash, because Ursula Andress had a really ridiculous name. I think it was Honey Rider. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, ridiculous names are established, but, man, that's hard to get on board with. Like, yeah. Uh, some the pussy some people's name is, is Honey. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I, I buy that more than naming your daughter Pussy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I okay. was making and, and a joke about Guy and like this so much worse. Yeah. It's just, and, it's a porn star name and like she's not a porn star, so it just doesn't work. And, and let's walk down the road. Did her parents name her that? Because that's insane. Or did she choose that as her performer name? Because that's insane. Ooh. Yeah. Like, did this word mean something different in 1964? <laughs> Because no, that's we can, insane. There's no way it meant something different. See, it it would only work if she was, like I said, like if she was a porn star and she's like, yes, I'm pussy galore, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> guys, guys, what if pussy did not mean what it means today and it means what it means today because of James Bond? No, <laughs> no. He, he was yeah. smirking about it. Yeah. yeah. Right. In fact, I was looking at trivia and... You know, I don't know if you can always trust this trivia, but it said the line that was originally written was, I'm pussy galore. And he said, I know, but what's your name? Oh. And they uh. decided to cut that out because it was too inappropriate. So if that's to be believed, that supports the idea that they knew exactly what they were doing. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, oh. they cut that out, but they kept in the I appealed to her maternal instincts line. Oh, God. I so lost gross. my about shit. <laughs> so <laughs> gross. Also, so, Sam, you were completely right. Rapey for sure. Uh, uh, not yes. rapey, like rape hard, period. And, yes. And she's the one who called the U.S. government to tell them about yes. the plan. So and the then, moral of the story is he saved the world by raping her. Well, he okay, raped but... her good. <laughs> yeah. She was bad and he raped her good. Uh Yeah. Yeah, that's well, fucked up. This supports rape culture. This is why that's a thing. Yeah, well, like what a nightmare scenario. You're flying a plane and then it explodes and you're going to crash and die and like you need someone to bust in the door and help you and who is it but your rapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they're on the ground, the rescue rescue plane comes and he says, "Oh no, this is no time to be rescued." Yeah. Gross. If if, uh. if you haven't caught on yet, I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. Did you also, he that, got like, to take all the credit for it, yeah, saving the world. Yeah, he kind of failed, like, right? Yeah, well, if he didn't can, do shit. If you buy into the idea that he saved everybody by raping her, then he succeeded. Oh, I mean, but we're I, not. But so did he succeed <laughs> okay. or did she, did she, like, call the government and was, like, trying to report a rape? And they were like, okay, but, like, what about the mission? <laughs> They're like, who raped you? She says, James Bond. And they said, James Bond? Yeah. I'm sorry, Brett. Do I, do I, in the event that I'm raped, I need to call the government? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> what logic? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but I yeah, like he, he kind of failed like every step of the way. Like, every, yeah. like what, what, there's like. Three, two or three women that get injured or killed, like in the beginning, because of him, right, and right. then like 
He just continues to fail. He tries to send them a note, and that failed. That didn't even right. work. The note doesn't even work. So he literally but, is just a bystander this entire movie and doesn't actually do anything to help until yeah. until he, he's about to disable the bomb. And even then, <laughs> he would have fucking killed everybody yeah. until the that guy guy's like, no, 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 no. You step the fuck back. You're going to blow us all up. So, like, he didn't do anything right in this whole movie. No. No, he didn't. Only thing he did right was the bomb in the beginning. Right. He, yes. Th- yeah. We had the to bomb. set up that oh, yeah. he's, like, at least okay at something in the beginning, I guess. Okay, but in the beginning, he goes into the hotel. He finds the woman there. He makes out with her for a minute. He sees somebody's going to attack. So he swings around so she gets clubbed in the head. Now, yeah, but I it was too... because cause he saw that she could see that person and she wasn't alerting him. And so okay. he knew that she was in on it. I was really wondering about that. Was she one of the bad guys or did he just let her take a club to the head and walked away? Because they didn't really explain that. No, Although she's, I guess if she's she in could on see it. it yeah. Yeah. She wasn't. A, she was distracting him. If you watch other James Bond films, that's like a common thread that happens that he gets double crossed by the woman he's sleeping with. So, I'm not saying it's good, but I'm just saying that's what yeah. happened. There. Yeah. <laughs> but he was also like Captain Fucking Obvious with everything he did. Like in the yeah. pool in Miami, he's like flat, like two feet from the bad guy. Just I know. Walking by, and, and then just like stops there like a dope. Like yeah. And then when he's, like, spying on him in the Swiss Alps, he's, like, parked on the side of the road, clearly in view, looking down at him. And I'm like, there's no way they don't know that you're there. They can see you. And this is a problem I've had with James Bond and and certainly with this movie. Does the bad guy know who he is? Like, when they do this whole thing of playing golf and he wants to convince him that he's a gold dealer, does he know who he is? Because he says, hi, I'm James Bond. And he's got to be saying, oh, I, I painted that girl in your hotel room. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I know. Like, yeah. And this happens a lot. Like, he, he never has aliases or disguises. He just walks up and says, hi, I'm the government agent trying to take you down. And yeah. so what does the bad guy do? They put him on a truck and take him to the crime scene. Like, oh, here's the one guy who could stop us. Let's bring him along. What is <laughs> <Yeah>. happening? <laughs> Well, I mean, Finger had no reason to be in that final scene. No. Yeah. Also, Fort Knox. Yeah. In that final scene, I just kept wondering, like, how much money is it costing him to do this whole plan? And does that actually balance out to make it worth his while? Like, think of all the money and time and resources he invested to do this plan. Is that really going to, like... I don't know. It just seems like are, he's spending an awful lot of money here. Are you referring to the fact that everything he did was the most inefficient way possible? Like, he's yes. explaining his plan to all these mobster goons, and he built a room. He built a room with hydraulic lifts that put a map through the floor. That is the most inefficient way. Like, he could say, hey, you guys know Fort Knox? We're going there. You don't like also, he kills a guy and then crushes a car <laughs> and, then and later doesn't he bother says, to take the gold out first. They right. could they could have pulled the gold, the gold out of it. Out. Maybe you shouldn't have squished it before you pulled the gold out of it. Everything and when he, he does killed is the all most those people in the room, like weren't those the people that were like, All right, 
we're you've convinced us we'll do this plan and then the one guy's like i don't want to do this and he's like all right i'm gonna bounce with this guy real quick and then he kills all the people that he just pitched the plan to okay and so here's here's another question then he killed those people with gas yes Uh uh-huh because at some point james bond says oh no the gas that you're using it's actually lethal so did they not kill all of the soldiers at Fort Knox by gassing them? No, no. They said they, they, said they switched out the canisters. Yeah. Okay. But okay. they were planning to. They were okay. They would have been fine to, killing them. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except That's, the, He says something like, you're, you're fine with killing 60,000 people or something for this one job or whatever. Okay. But they faked it because the rape victim glued him in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we not refer to her as a rape victim? (laughs) She has a name. Does she though? Does she have a name? Yeah, but it's it's pussy glow. It's not great. Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah. I want to go back to the car thing real quick because okay, squish in the car. Yeah, because why? Like (laughs) agreed. (laughs) But like, because because they because they killed the guy already, right? Like that was implied he was dead before they squished the car. Yeah, I think they trank gunned him. Yeah, I'm so thinking, this okay, this is an interesting way of disposing of the body. You squoosh the car, drop it in the junkyard, nobody ever mm-hmm. sees it again. That's yeah, an yeah. interesting way to dispose of a body. No, no, yeah. they put it in the back of the El Camino and take it home. Yeah. First <laughs> of all, you have the full bad? weight of a car on top of a car. Just because you squoosh it into a little cube does not make it lighter. They've got the full <laughs> weight of a car in the back of that El Camino. And odd job oh, just drives it home. The suspension, like that, was yeah. dragging on the ground by the time he <laughs> <Yeah>. got back. <sighs> yeah, just I have all for all for the fact to get the gold out of the trunk. But that that dude could have just taken the gold out of the trunk before he smooshed the car. Yeah, who was that dude? Even I had trouble following that. Odd job, thugs. No, I know. The guy that got shot in the car. He does not work with Chicago. Oh. So. <laughs> yeah. It was a group of mobsters who had done business with Goldfinger, and Goldfinger was trying to convince them to get on board with the big plan. But mm-hmm. was he? Yeah, that's Maybe the thing. Not. It's like, it seemed like he was, and then he decided to kill them all anyway, yeah. which that didn't make like any a- sense. Like, well, maybe he got annoyed with them going like, hey, what's going on here? What's going yeah. on with the floor? What's with like, that trick with pool table? <laughs> yeah. It felt a little more like, you know, how can I owe the banks money if all the bankers are dead? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. But then why like even tell them your plan? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He was telling uh, us and James Bond the plan. You know, I think if you're going to have this, like, big heist plan... Like, maybe you should come up with a better name other than Grand Slam. Because every time I just imagine a Denny's breakfast, <laughs> yeah. I just can't take it seriously. Now, I do want to say the plan is kind of a cool idea. It's like Lex Luthor trying to drop the West Coast into the ocean for the real estate value. It's kind of an interesting idea. And it, I wonder if it played better in the book. The idea of, like, we hmm. think he's going to steal the gold, but we don't see how it's practical. Oh, he's trying to destroy the gold, so all the other gold is worth more. Mm-hmm. Kind of a neat idea. Yeah. 
I feel I just, like this is this is like something that would need like a, a really good like in-depth podcast episode. Like I want the research on yeah. where like if we blew up if we just irradiated a bunch of gold does that actually mean the other gold is worth more? Or is just some of the gold irradiated for 50 years? Right. He said 58 years. So it's like, well, it's, <laughs> let's, I think the world would agree, okay, it still has that value because our economy is, depends upon it. Okay, we can't physically touch it, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, guess... mean, I think it would create problems, right? <laughs> Te- technically, we don't go off of the gold standard anymore. So he kind of has planned what it worked. Well, I don't know if that right? was true in 64. Yeah. But I, but I think that's, like, I think that might be what, like, maybe that's what would have happened. Like, oh, there's no more gold. I guess, like, we need to find something else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the government, the government would just print the money and say, okay, this is now the equivalent, I guess. Which is kind of the system we have now, maybe? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, I guess that was a point you were making, Sam, like. We see what happens when everybody decides to get off the gold standard, and it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Brett, you say, like, this deserves a much more in-depth analysis. You know, I haven't actually listened to it, but Matt Myra does a podcast called James Bonding, where he does go much more in-depth into all this stuff. So mm. if anybody is interested in digging deeper into this, it's probably worth checking out James Bonding. Okay. I, I will. I don't know if that's the the answer to your question or not, but it, there's something out there. Well, while yeah. we're on the topic of things not making logical sense, can we talk <laughs> about your favorite thing, probably Nick, in this movie of just how cars and airplanes just explode? Yes. <laughs> a gigantic. Oh my god! Yes. That fire. airplane literally exploded upon touching the water. Yeah, it, it was never so penetrated funny. or went under the uh, water in any way. It no. exploded and what? stayed above the water line. It was the so simple great. act of coming in contact with the water is what made it explode. And what, what about the what about the car that the simple yeah. act of yeah. driving over a portion of the hill that made so, it explode? I, I'm totally with you. That was stupid and insane, and I hate every bit of it. But there is a little nugget that made me think, eh, maybe. Yeah. Which is yeah. that he was using the oil slick, and that's why it mm-hmm. flew off. So maybe it was covered in flammable oil. Maybe. Uh, okay, I'll buy it. But buy still. It. But still. It's still ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But don't and, you and need to, like, uh, puncture the gas tank and have it spark and then ignite? Yeah. Yes. Yeah I, yeah. I heard that oil is like real hard to actually ignite. Uh, yeah. One would hope, or yeah. the whole road so would cars. be on fire. Cars are difficult to ignite. <laughs> I, I will driving tell off you, the Nick, side of a road is not enough to ignite a car. I, I will say that cars are not as difficult to ignite as you like to think. As somebody who works on a reality car TV show, I have seen plenty of cars catch on fire in my okay. day. <laughs> actually, right. yeah, I saw my dad's. My dad's it car caught on fire. Happens. Do they Did explode in a giant fireball? No, but they do catch on fire. That is possible. You, you just so, like throw some sand on it and it goes out. It's really yeah, yeah, not eventful. So here's what bothered me more: like the the Korean thugs chased him down, finally caught him, and they're all pointing the guns at him and like, okay, now we're going to take you back to our base. Get in your car, the car that you drove yeah, here. Yeah. I'll get in the passenger seat and point this gun at you while you drive back to where we're going to imprison you. They yeah. couldn't really? drive stick. 
It's like that's that's all the setup for the ejector seat. We see that well, coming a mile know, away, and it would never happen. All those people uh, have been in a fallout vault for 50 yes. years. So they were just coming to the surface and they didn't know how to drive cars. So, you know. But guys, wouldn't it have made so much more sense if the ejector seat worked for the driver's side and then the bad guy was driving James Bond and he took the stick shift and ejected the driver? Mm-hmm. But then you're in a car driving with no driver. Yeah. Yeah, and you crash and die. I don't know. He could jump out or something. <laughs> Makes more logical sense than what happened. Also, it, Q told him, never press this button. Because if you press it, it will eject your passenger. Then why did you build that into the car? <laughs> yeah. And then why did you tell? Yeah. yeah like, wouldn't why it be safer to not it? tell him that exists? So I noticed that, that it opened the top and ejected the passenger but not the car seat. Oh, yeah. Just I'm imagining went. just a single exposed spring under his ass. Yeah. Uh, I, hope it, I hope it was the spring. I was imagining that they just, like, air-jetted him so hard oh, up the butt. That it... <laughs> Speaking right of the car, the I really enjoyed uh, the James Bond version of Find My Friends, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Built into his car. Chase Vaughn had oh, find yeah. my friends before Apple. His and, friends and so sucked he, at finding him, though. <laughs> yeah. He takes the tiny tracking device out of his razor, the handle of his razor, and puts it into his boot. Why would it ever be in the razor to begin with? Why is it not just already in the boot? In your boot, yeah. It, in the 60s, they still cared about privacy, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he cared about privacy because he was blocking all of the peepholes in that bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was expecting almost like there to be a third and a fourth one. Yeah, I was. I, yeah. I thought it would have been hilarious if it just kept going. That would be well, Austin Powers. That's a different movie. Or uh, of, that other one you mentioned. Was it OS 17? Uh-huh. Well, the one, uh-huh. Yeah. The one I'm thinking of and I really want to watch next is Top Secret. Top, Top Secret, Secret took so much from Nick, this. Nick, like, I you're can't watch out. this movie that. without seeing scenes from Top Secret play out. But yeah, we haven't seen Top Secret. What's that? Um, I'm not sure if it was the Zucker Brothers, but it was definitely in the style of the Zucker Brothers, like Airplane and Naked Gun and stuff. Val Kilmer is the secret agent, and it's it's not like 60s. It's the uh, the French Resistance during World War II, but it's all this undercover spy shit and gadgets and stuff like that. And every opportunity to just blast stuff that you see in movies like this. Mm-hmm. Like there was this one, I think it was in the gold vault, where they like punch a guy and he flips over the railing and falls and falls to the ground. And I keep thinking of this shot in top secret where it's the same thing they punch the guy he flips over the railing falls 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 hits the ground and shatters into a million porcelain pieces (laughs) it's hilarious you know watching this now i can't not see top secret interesting i i think we should watch that speaking of things shattering uh odd jobs hat didn't seem to make any sense because like the first time we see it it fucking cuts a statue in in half and then the next time 
they use it on a woman who is flesh and blood, and while it does yes. kill her, her head is still totally fine. That, and then, then and we I guess see she it in dead? the vault. Yeah, she was dead. And yeah. then we see it in the vault many times hit metal, and like the metal's totally fine. So I was like, where is the logic in how this hat works? Maybe he just like didn't throw it that hard at the girl. You know, like you could throw a bullet at someone and it, it won't cut them in half. <laughs> could you could you throw a bullet and like and and penetrate them, Brett? Is, is that what you're saying? Is that could you project a bullet at somebody so hard that it would kill them without breaking the skin? Hmm. Because that's what he know. did with his knife Where's hat. Mythbusters? <laughs> I guess if you hit them in the temple or something, like in. <sighs> I so guess. <laughs> I, mean, I know. I'm if not he hit her, it's good. If he hit her so hard that it broke her neck. Mm. Mm-hmm. But what maybe, did it hit on it her body her that it did not cut through? We don't have to answer these questions, Nick. It's no, James I guess not. <laughs> My guess is that it just knocked her down and then like she died from falling. That happened. Internal oh bleeding. Internal that, bleeding. She fainted to death. Which would be right along with the way they treat women in this film. He he knocked all her maternal instinct out. And up to the end, I'm <laughs> expecting her to come back because I never it never clicked with me that she was dead. Oh, he like totally takes down. her. No, he takes her pulse and then like has a look like oh she's dead. Yeah, yeah I didn't get that she was dead until she didn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I was like, oh no. And did we at any point not? Like, were we supposed to be surprised that she was the sniper? Yeah, I don't know. That was confusing. It seemed really obvious. And it was at the point where he's driving down the road and she passes him in the Mustang and he eyeballs her that I realized that James Bond has a crippling sex addiction a la oh, yeah. David Duchovny oh, yeah. in Californication. He has <laughs> a genuine psychological problem and should not be working as a law enforcement agent. This is why I'm saying Archer legitimately is just oh, making yeah. fun of James Bond because that and the alcoholism, like the guy even says at the end, oh, I told him to pour scotches for three or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, who's the other two? <laughs> no, because no I one. Know I just you know you have a James crippling Bond. chemical dependency. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a problem. It's kind of a dark movie. Yeah, yeah, dude. The sixties were not a nice time. <laughs> they were Ugh. fucked up for women. I think. Yeah, <laughs> it was great for drunks. <laughs> yeah, for drunks. If you were a good-looking Scottish drunk man. You ruled drunks the world. Drunks and rapists. Yeah. It's also funny that he, he is the first James Bond and that he's Scottish and he's not even British. Which is always kind of a funny a scenario, thing. a scenario that's played out over and over in Doctor Who. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess he's not British. The Doctor, yeah, he's, he's an alien, human. Nick. Yeah, <sighs> I want to look upon my notes again. I know there were other things. I had a note. Oh, what, that what did you guys think of the duck hat? That was pretty awesome. Yes. It was oh so yeah. Fun. In the very beginning. That was the best. Oh, oh, yeah. Is skin suffocation a thing? No. Okay, so no, I looked not. this up. <laughs> it, it, is, it is not a thing. Um, I found an article on it. 
from <laughs> people.howstuffworks. And uh, this article says, another common fear about body paint is whether a head-to-toe coat can cause a person to suffocate. It's like, it likely comes from the James Bond movie Goldfinger. and the 1996 film, the villain Goldfinger kills um, Sher- uh, Jill Masterson? Masterson. By Masterson, by covering her in gold paint, causing her to die by suffocation, an urban legend spread that Eaton, the actress, actually died on set from asphyxiation from the same gold paint. However, this is physically impossible as of March 2015, Eaton is still alive and well. (laughs) We We don't breathe through our skin. No? We breathe through our nose and mouths, huh. therefore covering our entire body in paint wouldn't cause wow. you to suffocate no matter what Goldfinger does. Science, However, this article does make the argument that covering your entire body in paint can give can lead to health defects, such as you can develop heat stroke from full body paint since the paint covers your pores and prevents you from sweating and cooling down. Well, so that's so, what happened to Buddy Ibsen was supposed to be the uh, Tin Woodsman in Wizard of Oz. So I'm glad you brought and, that up because that's not what happened to him. This article oh, actually talks about that too. Same a well-known article? example, yeah, a well-known example of body paint gone wrong is the story of Buddy Ibsen, the first Tin Man in the film The Wizard of Oz. Production artists use white clown makeup that they covered with aluminum dust to get the tin look for his role. Two weeks later, Ibsen was sent to the hospital, nearly unable to breathe. His skin tinged blue. Doctors discovered his lungs were coated with aluminum dust. Due to his hospitalization, another actor, Jack Haley, took over the role. This time, the aluminum powder was mixed into the paint instead of brushing on, and he suffered no ill effects except for a severe infection when the makeup got into his eyes. So I think both my films... Aluminum dust... Yeah, I think both these films have kind of like created this urban legend, you know, around that, but it's not actually a way to die. (laughs) And I looked this up because I wanted to make sure before I perpetuated another urban legend. (laughs) And and see also so many body painting exhibits. Like that's Mm -hmm. a thing. Yeah, they cite like cosplayers at cons and whatnot, you know, like they're fine. Or like, what about swimming? (laughs) What? (laughs) Like swimming so what in about the paint? swimming? No, just like in the water. Like if you if oh. covered up. Yeah, or a wetsuit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. is no oxygen in the water. It's just that we can't parse it. Th- out that's of the not way. how your body Hu- gets the oxygen. Yeah. yeah. Humans do not breathe through our skin. Yeah. No, we breathe through our lungs and our mouths, not our pores. Did they like? Maybe they like dipped her in gold. Maybe that's a th- like like they Game of Thrones her and just poured a whole bunch of gold on her. They liquid. Yeah. They put her in a vat of liquid gold yeah. and just boiled her. Yeah, and with then luxury. later on, then then they remelted her to re- retrieve the gold because that's the thing that they do <laughs> in this movie. Uh, gross. What was that? Oh, there's. Did you, did I ever make you guys watch? Um, oh, uh, Turbo Kid. That's like a oh, plot yeah. in Turbo Kid where they like they like grind up people to get the liquid like the water in them because water is like a rare resource. It's nasty. <laughs> uh. That's also a thing from that book series with the big worms. Dune. 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 Mm. 
But that's spice, right? Not water. No, no. There's they're they're on the spice is like. The, that's what the, everyone's like. I need the spice, but they're on the planet without water, and so whenever uh, someone dies, they like throw them in the dehydrator. Yeah, in the the dehydrator. Oh, to, they like, suck get the, the water moisture out. out. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like Dune is something that I know a little bit about through osmosis, but have never really seen. Yeah, I've never I, uh, seen it either. I read it and like, Ooh. I won't, You know, it. I thought it was a real, real, uh, 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 just a weird bad book, but. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure which direction you were going to go there for a second. It, yeah, the, it's written from like the perspective of uh, a guy that's smarter than smarter than everyone and knows it and monologues to himself about it through the entire book. Mm. Oh, it's the that's I'm great. very smart guy. Great character yeah. trait. Yeah. So not obviously women are treated horribly in this movie, but can we talk about how awfully Asian people are treated in this movie? They don't even speak words. They just like grunt things. They couldn't even give them dialogue. Which would have been an interesting character trait for Oddjob if it had only been him. Yeah. But then every Korean in this movie does not speak. They were shouting some stuff. Were they? All together. Yeah, at the end, and, well, yeah. and the scene in the woods with the with the car ejector sh- ejector seat, odd job grunts commands at them, and they all like I don't know what they were saying because they were all yelling at the same time, but they were all saying something. Okay, for the most part, it just sounds like like grunting from yeah. odd job, and then you know, like sometimes yeah. from them too. Like it's like caveman that's not, responses. Yeah, they're not like bunga actually. Bunga? Yeah, it's odd awful. Job just goes, uh, uh. <laughs> Yeah, like they I couldn't Sam, even. I was like, is that a word in Korean, or is this really bad? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, it's bad, just probably. really racist and bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like he could have just been talking Korean. Like that would have been fine. <laughs> I saw a bit of the trivia, and the character in the book was more fleshed out and had a cleft palate and lacked the ability to speak. I just, I suspect that some of this stuff worked in the books, you know, and it was completely mishandled in the movies. That's just the feeling I get, but I've clearly never read any of these books. Mm -hmm. So I I do not want to be the guy to defend this because once again, I hate this movie, (laughs) but I do want to talk (laughs) about a few good things in this movie. One is... Sean Connery's physicality, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, mm-hmm. they were very William Shatner fight scenes, but still he did some really cool stuff, really physical stuff. It was obviously him on set on camera doing it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I even read that he was injured because odd job, like threw him against a wall for realsies mm-hmm. and, and injured him. But like, even him, like, you know, secret agent climbing up a ladder and getting onto the roof. He was very nimble and athletic and physical. And that I really enjoyed. I thought he was very good with that. Yeah. I mean, I think that and like the cars uh, is like the elements of James Mm. Bond that, you know, people from my dad's generation who grew up with these movies and really love them, you know, like that is what I think really speaks to him is, you know, like, like if you like cars and, and you like this idea of action sort of thing, uh, that makes James Bond the perfect 
perfect series for you because this the Aston Martin was the first uh, this was the first appearance of the Aston Martin in the James Bond series before this he was driving a different car and it's always kind of like that's always an element is there's always a, a shiny fancy new car yeah. that he yeah you know and I think that one that he was driving in this is the world's most expensive car now yeah the it went on DD to become 25. a landmark because uh, there's only yeah. like, two of them left or something Mm. And and I have to assume this is the first time we've seen things like the oil slick and the you know the small the smoke machine like mm-hmm. the cool gadgets built into the car. If that truly is the first time we've seen it, that's cool. Yeah, it I is. looked at no, Brett when is. that happened, and I said Mario Kart was born after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that would be a hilarious parody. He like hits the button and bananas come out or something. Yeah. (laughs) Not a blue shell, no. No. So aside from like the mistreatment of women, uh, compared to Dr. No, this movie had much better writing for the women. Interesting. They were, you know, Granted, she had a shitty name, but Pussy Galore was actually, like, a really competent pilot, a really good fighter. Like, she didn't need men to, like, help her along and, like, stand her ground aside from the terrible scene. Yeah, I like how she's wearing pants, too. Like, even when he tells her to go dress up, she's, like, still puts on pants almost in this, like, sort of defiant, you know. Totally. And then the other woman, like the sniper, she's a fucking badass. She's like going out into the woods, stalking down this millionaire to avenge her sister. And she's like, just I getting all these cool guns story. and stuff. And, yeah. and I love that she was bad at it, but she yeah. was pouring everything she had into avenging her sister. Like, that's the story I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering these strong characters, is this like the core of the of the problem with the like hyper sexualized like masculine fantasy movies like this is we watched Doctor No and almost an identical scene to the to the rape scene happened, but it wasn't that rapey because like the chick was like, let's sleep together, but he was like tricking her or whatever because she was a bad guy, but like they were both still consenting in the scene. And like mm. when you have a strong character who's like, I'm not into you. And then like she fights with them a little bit. Like it's otherwise the same scene, but because these characters have agency, it's like much worse. Yeah. I don't know. The scene was still pretty rapey in Dr. No. You know, the interesting thing too, like, and I'm not saying this makes it good, but I think those are absolutely techniques that real spies use. Like the the idea of turning the maybe female, you know, bad guy over to your side through sexuality, I think is actually real techniques that they would use. And Bryce read this book. What was it? Bryce, what was that book you read? What was it called? What? The Lex Switch? Oh, The Like Switch. Bryce read this book called The Like Switch, which was written by this guy who used to be a spy. And he talks about how to use body language and how to read body language to manipulate people and, like, you know, get them to like you and then eventually, like, trade sides. So he would create people, he would create double agents through torturing and whatnot and, and like using body language and all this weird stuff. And it's like totally fucked up. And I'm not saying it's right, but. I I was watching this with sort of a new 
like, like perspective of like, well, maybe that's how fucked up it is to actually be a spy. Like maybe you do fucked up shit like that. Yeah. And see also hmm. Red Sparrow, the, the newish Jennifer Lawrence movie, which goes through all that. You know, oh. I, I do believe this is a tool. Like how much is it a tool compared to what we see in movies? I don't know, but I'm sure it is part of spycraft. Bryce says, to be fair, he doesn't torture anyone in the book and that it's a very creepy book and he doesn't recommend anyone read it. But it's just, it's interesting if you're interested in like learning different people's body languages. Like, for example, I didn't read it, but Bryce was telling me how um, one thing people do is uh, if they like you or if you want them to like you. So if somebody is your friend and they like you and you're engaged in a conversation, you might notice that they start mirroring your body um, position. So like if you have your arms folded, they might fold their arms. If you cross your legs, they might fold their, you know, they might cross their legs. And if you're in a conversation and you want to appear friendly, you start mirroring them to appear friendly as well. And that's kind of blown my mind because it's something that I've started noticing that I and other people do without thinking about it. Yeah. Which is weird. That, w- that was a great episode of The Office when uh, Nard Dog, <laughs> Andy, oh yeah, when mirroring people. Michael, yeah, and he's just like yeah, doing poses. I you can't see me doing poses on the podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not how this. Good works. job, Brett. But check out The Office. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, watch but, watch that instead of this. But you know, another thing I really enjoyed was the fight scene inside of Fort Knox with the nuclear bomb. Absolutely no music, very quiet, very stark, just the sound of, you know, the clockwork on the nuclear bomb, as ridiculous as that is. But like that that low, quiet mechanical sound was all the sound you got. You know, aside from the punches and stuff, you know, most action movies would be like crazy, giant, loud score, you know, mm. complex fight choreography. But this was very chill and quiet. And, and there's something really about that I really like love. How fucked James Bond was in that fight. Okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like he had yeah. no chance against this guy who's way stronger than him and doesn't care. And he was locked into a vault with a nuclear bomb. I really like that moment, too, where he, like, throws the hat at Odd Job and misses. And even I, as an audience member, was like, oh, no, you know, and then yeah. he thwarts the expectation by using the, the electricity. electricity. Mm-hmm. I was so glad he didn't look at him and go, shocking. Seriously, oh, yeah. shocking. <laughs> uh. But he did have a little quip later when somebody asked what happened to him. He said something he blew like fuse. that. He was like, blew he blew a fuse. fuse. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Right. Okay. So the CIA people come in and say, what happened to the henchman? He says, he blew a fuse. The CIA guy should say, what does that mean? Where is he? <laughs> like that, you've told me nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also, I also noticed, uh, all of the, uh, the Ash's two favorite movies. Uh, I guess Sam noticed this, uh, the, uh, this one and Dr. No, uh, all of the things that you mentioned in the first half were from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, were like, <laughs> I was like, oops. Oh, well. I was like, this, I guess this one is like the one everyone remembers. Yeah. Though. I'm pretty sure that this is like considered one of the best. Like, if, if you're a James Bond 
fan, this is the one, considered one of the best ones. Yeah, we just I don't think I'd seen this week, movie. And there's not a lot to remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Clearly, I don't remember Dr. No. And I don't think I'd seen this before, but I'd seen all of the stuff you mentioned. Mm, you know, yeah. I saw the hat I throwing. I saw either. the I expect you to die. Like, I don't know. It's stuff that's out there in the world. Yeah. I guess this mm-hmm. is a pretty significant milestone movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Sam, what did you think of this thing? <sighs> I, I think it's a film that I will not show my future children because of how blatantly acceptable it is of like rape culture and mistreatment of women. And I don't think the fun things in it make up for that. So that's where I stand. Sorry, I'm just James excited Bond. by the idea that you have future children. <laughs> Do they fly around on hoverboards and Well that would be for- cool. For a second, children. I thought you were just excited for Sam to yeah. have children. Yeah, I was like, this is weird. Our generation has, has re- redefined hoverboards, Nick. They no longer fly. They roll. Ugh. All right, Ash, what do you think? You were kind of into this before we started. I mean, you. Uh, I don't think I ever actually gave my prediction for the film. You just asked oh. if I was a James Bond fan, and oh, I, shit, I said, yes, I was. Uh, but this... This was kind of pretty much what I was expecting, but I I didn't expect it to hold up well. Honestly, I didn't really want to watch this movie because I didn't expect it to hold up well. Uh, You're bracing yourself. Yeah, but I, you know, it's a movie I definitely liked in the past um, when I was watching the James Bond films. I, I definitely, it was one of my favorites as a child watching them, but I don't think I understood you know, a lot of the horrible sexism in the film as a child, as I do now. Um, do you think that's what's changed? From my perspective? or Yeah. Like, if you loved it as a child and feel differently now, what's changed? Is it that, that thing you just well, said now, or was it other things? I think that has to do with it. It's also, you know, my dad loved James Bond, and so it was a series that we would sit down and watch together. So I think the it just goes to the experiment that we've always talked about with this podcast that like the situation that you're watching the Mm -hmm. movie in impacts it a lot. So it was, you know, my dad was very enthusiastic about James Bond and loved James Bond. And so that rubbed off on me and I love James Bond and I'd sit down and watch all the movies with him. But I don't think, you know, I wouldn't today go back and rewatch all the James Bond movies because I kind of assumed that they were going to be like super sexist and you know not really hold up well yeah um I can't say that I'm even like a huge fan of the new ones the Daniel Craig ones I guess he's not James Bond anymore either right because he I thought he he just said he one more He's at least doing the next one. And Danny Boyle is directing the next one, you guys. Oh, I thought Daniel Craig said he didn't want to do it anymore because it was. Uh, I'd I'd read the opposite. He was saying, like, this is the best job in the world and I'll do it as long as I get a kick out of it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I had heard Ash's thing. Interesting. I mean, he may have, like, said one thing at one point and then changed his mind at another point. But, yeah, he's he's doing this next one and Danny Boyle's directing it. And that's interesting. Hmm. Huh. 
All right. Well, Brett, you did this to us. Where do you stand now? Do you have regrets? Mild. Uh, I <laughs> I feel like this movie had a lot of really good stuff in it that, I mean, it's been referenced again and again in, like, in, in current media. And I don't know. It, it's, it's, it is, like you said, kind of an important an important movie but at the same time i i think the best thing i could say about it is that i'm probably not gonna watch it again uh <laughs> uh and 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 at worst situationally i'll probably be like sam and I, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone uh i think you can see what they've done in this film in other films now and that's as good of a reference as it needs yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this wasn't this wasn't as good as Doctor No. Actually, I think I, I liked hmm. the adventure in Doctor No. It was even cheesier. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, at the time, the technology stuff was really cool. You know, like that that stuff was like on the cutting edge, and I think yeah. that was like one of the major attractions to these films for people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was a cool like half of a season of Agents of Shield where they were in a position where they had to use all of the spy equipment from the 60s. And mm. that was really fun stuff. So th- that, that, the gadgetry is cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's fun stuff in it. Yeah, you know? the gadgets are fun, but that's, you know, such a small part of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that is uh, Goldfinger. If you watch the movie, thanks for watching with us and listening to what we had to say about it. Uh, so if you enjoyed this show, uh, it's part of the Last Dash TV network of content. It's this podcast and a YouTube channel with a drinking show, a cooking show, video game parodies, and a lot of other cool stuff. Yeah, so you can um, follow us on Twitter. We're at Laugh TV on Twitter, or you can follow this podcast, which is at Let's Rewatch, where we do stuff like Twitter polls, and you guys get to choose the movie when we do a Twitter poll. Or, like today, I tweeted a picture of the film, and Chris on Twitter guessed that it was Goldfinger. So I'll tweet what like screenshots. It's a picture of Pussy Galore holding a gun inside an airplane, which seems like the number one Brett, basic thing you'd learn not to do in flight school, but she's doing it. <laughs> Brett really wanted you to uh, post a picture of the machine-toting granny. Oh, I tried. I couldn't get a good <laughs> shot of her because, like, the screen was so dark. You just saw me and the grandma together, and it just wasn't mm-hmm. good. But I really mm-hmm. wanted that one, too. So good job, Chris. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, Patrick Edwards commented that uh, he was like, oh boy, I thoroughly enjoyed the Bond franchise, but damn if there aren't some problematic scenes, especially this one. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Patrick knows what's up, as usual. (laughs) Um, If you like this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes, Google Play Music, or now the hip thing that i forgot the name of uh spotify oh yeah hey also guys before we wrap wrap up uh this is episode one of year four of what what a what a movie to to choose (laughs) to plant that flag yeah well congratulations you guys yeah happy birthday (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, and be sure to make sure your uh, your feeds are up to date and tell all your friends. We'll be doing this again in another two weeks. And if you are at San Diego Comic-Con, be sure to check out our Twitter and find us there, and uh, we'll talk to some people, and we'll be back in another two weeks with that episode. Yeah. Woo! Next time, we're going to watch a movie that sounds like it's a line from a James Bond movie. It's better to be wanted for murder than not to be wanted at all. Ooh, that person's got problems. That sounds like a documentary on Netflix.